0: Hey, Beva fans, Matthew Gibson here from Blue Collar Unplugged. When you want to show that Alabama pride, Alumni Hall is your ultimate shopping experience. The best and largest selection of apparel for the whole family. Nike, Nike Golf, Champion, Columbia, an amazing college vault of vintage and throwback logos, plus gifts and accessories. The best part, Alabama students, faculty, and military receive 10% off in store, and you can earn cash back with their Hall Pass Rewards Program. Alumni Hall, located in Midtown Village, across from University Mall, or anytime at AlumniHall.com. Alumni Hall, where Crimson Tide fans shop. You are now listening to the Blue Collar Unplugged
1: Podcast. Sexton gets it.
2: Three seconds. Two. Sexton. at one. Ah, The win! It's
1: gone! It's gone!
0: It's gone! Presented by Crimson Crossover. Your home for all things Alabama basketball. Now, here are your hosts, Blake Byler. That's
2: two out of 26 in his last four games at home.
0: Matthew Gibson. You had Alabama fans selling their on-court seats to Auburn fans for the biggest game in God knows how long. And Jacob Pickle. And what is next to Butler Field? Arby's. 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 So either A,
1: Alabama basketball is forever... It, it built it. on Arby's. It literally built on Arby's, the program. Or it's the first thing you see when you want it. Enjoy the show.
0: Alright, yeah, so after
2: no, we're going now. After time. working out our technical difficulties, we're I'm leaving that in. We're just going. Okay, cool. Yeah, okay. Blue collar unplugged season two, episode nine. The real episode nine.
0: Blake got it right. I got it
2: right this time. No. Uh, Matt, it was it. The last one was episode eight, and I called it nine. But it's okay, we're here now. Um, we're going to talk a little Alabama basketball um, coming off of Alabama's 79-69 to 69 victory uh, over LSU, and we're also going to talk a little um, Florida preview, right? Yeah. Yep. We're going to talk a little Auburn preview. Definitely. Are we going to do that? Yeah, we'll that's, talk that. That's Auburn. coming this week. Saturday. Uh, I Bob this week. Um, what else are we going to talk about today? We're going to talk about... Um, a little bracketology. I like a little bracketology. Because little... we talked about like SEC standings last time. Yeah. Talk a little bracketology I like this bracketology. time. Um who gets I in, who gets out. Yeah, it'll be good. Um so to start out, Alabama beat LSU again, get the brooms out. It's a sweep. Um Alabama won the first game by 40. They won this game by 10. Uh Matthew and I were in attendance at the PMAC. We were. Um Shout out to Mike the Tiger. Shout out to Mike the Tiger. Uh, he's really cool. He is cool. He's actually massive. He is like, massive. Like, I went to the football game uh, in Death Valley and, like, went and saw him, and I didn't get up close, but this time, like, I got up close, and he's, a, it's a big, like, tigers are giant.
0: His head is massive. Yeah. I, I was shocked, not gonna lie. I've never seen, like, a tiger before in person, so that was kind of sick. have never and been see, to, like, a
2: zoo? No. Never, I haven't
0: been to a zoo since I was, like, four, so I wouldn't did remember Did you it. not see a tiger at the I do that. Not time. that I can remember. No. Okay. But anyways, Mike the Tiger was cool. But we will remember. That's the takeaway. Tiger. Yeah. Remember it, the tigers? Yeah.
1: Tiger. Mike the what
2: Tiger why? was really cool. It's like. Animals are like surreal. I don't know if that like <laughs> like resonates <laughs> with you. But like you always see tigers in like like, on pictures and like on TV, but when you like see a tiger in front of you, it's like, what am I looking at?
1: Probably a tiger. <laughs> I mean, I know. I, I get what you mean. Do no. you I know get what I'm saying? Yeah. Sorry. Like, it's really like, full. whoa, it's just
0: like, it's like a tiger. No, it's like, a, it's a real live animal. It's yeah. crazy. I, that's going to be our quote graphic this week. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's fine.
1: I, I think we actually should do that. I, I think that would be, no. Can you like
0: make it? You don't yeah, even have to post it. Actually, you it. should post it. we will post it.
1: I'm going to do that like now. Like the, the Wade clip from last year. It's like, we at least have it, you know? Like that's, we thought it was
2: <laughs> I stand by what I said. It doesn't have to make sense to you. It makes sense to me. No, it
1: does.
0: You're right. Can we talk about the shack but, shoe? The what? The Shaq shoe. <laughs> <I just kept laughs> about. The me and Matthew saw. Uh, we saw the the statue of
2: Shaquille O'Neal, and Matthew tried to call it a, a what? <laughs> a shack shoe.
0: A, a shack a, shoe. A shack shoe. We, that's yeah, what we settled on. We, we that's what we were about, trying we to about call it. With Austin. Austin Hannon. Shout out to Austin Hannan. Yeah. Shout, Shout out to Austin
2: Hannon. Hannon. But we were trying to like come up with a name for a shack statue and tried to combine the words.
0: It was sick too. That was a no, it was was really, really cool. Statue.
2: I also didn't realize I for not that I didn't I knew this, but I forgot that Bob Pettit went to LSU mm-hmm. as well as their Pete Maravich statue there too. Like they have a they have a storied history with some really
0: they do and Bob Pettit wouldn't have been and, good enough to be a walk on at LSU in the modern
2: time. Did we say that? We did say that is that I an, said official, that is that an official, official take that's a, I guess that's an
0: official take is the, now. Bob okay. Pettit
2: couldn't make the team today. Yeah. Probably I, fair. Yeah. I think it's,
0: it's probably more than
1: fair. <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah. I guess we can, like, talk about the game now. Yeah. Um, yeah, let's do it. A- Alabama won by 10. Um, a lot of free throws. A lot of free throws, of especially of free throws. in the first half. Um, Matthew, what was your biggest takeaway from the game?
0: Well, one for me, I, I think just the reemergence of, one, Namari Burnett, he's coming along. He had a fantastic game. Um, gosh, he made, let's see, 13, 13 points. All in the first half. Yeah, all in the first half. He looked good. Rylan Griffin did Rylan Griffin things. He's put three straight games with double-digit points now. Mm -hmm. So they're coming along. Oates talked about it post-game. He's been really pleased with their performances, and those are two guys that are just going to have an enhanced role going down the stretch for Bama.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It's really important to have those guys. And, like, I wrote about this, and I also talked about this with Austin on uh, his podcast over on Bama Central. But um, just how important it is to have – Multiple like shot makers that can come off the bench and also that aren't Brandon Miller because we talked for a while about how Miller was um, not like Alabama wasn't relying solely on Brandon Miller, but for yeah. a couple games there, he was like the main source of shot making yeah. with Sears in a slump, Clowney in a slump, Namari wasn't fully healthy yet, Griffin was starting to hit his stride. Yeah. Um, but now you have both of these guys hitting threes at a crazy clip off the bench. You had Sears uh, hit his first three threes of the game, broke out of his slump a little bit. You have Clowney, who's hit two threes in back-to-back games now, Mm -hmm. even after his 0-for-21 streak, which we talked about last episode a little bit. Um, But now you have guys that are hitting these shots that's taking the pressure off Miller, and, like, Miller had a a pretty
0: bad game, honestly. Of all the games that Brandon Miller's played besides maybe Houston, this is probably his least impressive. I've, like, watched Brandon Miller. Agreed. This is... Not the Brandon Miller that Alabama fans are accustomed to seeing.
1: Yeah. And honestly, even with Houston, like, I didn't think he. I, it, I felt like that was almost more of a, like, shots just aren't going in. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he didn't really know what to do with defense. Like, I just. I don't know. He just didn't look great Saturday. And I
2: don't even think he was being guarded that well. Yeah. No. Really? Because, like, there are games where, like, UConn and North Carolina, when Leaky Black was guarding him, and even. Arkansas for a really long time with uh Devo Davis on him. Like they were doing like really good jobs guard, like a really good job guarding him. I think this game he was just like he was just struggling to make shots. He was three for eleven from the field and he made he hit the one three. He shot well from the free throw line, had ten rebounds, four assists still. Um he also he had a little foul trouble. He had four fouls. Yeah. Didn't he get his fourth foul like pretty early, early in the game, yeah. not necessarily early, but like ten minutes left in the game or something like yeah. that. That probably also affected him a little bit um but while he wasn't hitting alabama had guys that were able to step up and hit shots which is what they've had
0: yeah for and much of the season even with miller he like again not his best game but he was still getting boards he had 10 boards like you said he won the hard hat for he alabama did win the hard LSU. hat which is so big. even when brandon miller is not scoring 35 points he's still doing things that you know help alabama win those games
1: it's fucking game the game yeah. Well. yeah i think something we talk about a lot is like Whenever Alabama makes our makes the threes, but like plays good defense, like we look unbeatable. But like Brandon Miller, it's like whenever he makes the shots, he looks like the best player on the floor. But he still impacts the game very well. Like whenever those shots don't go in, you just may not always see it. So it's like there's dominant performances and wins, but like he's whenever he doesn't look as dominant, there's still a positive impact that we can see through the collar points.
2: And then there was the 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 defense struggled. In the first half, I felt, and e- even for like about half of the second half, is the, like not that it was necessarily bad, and it wasn't just bad because LSU scored 37 1st first-half points or anything like that. Like they were obviously they were getting sent to the free throw line a lot, and so you could tr- attribute a lot of those points to um, the foul calls. But at the same time, if you're fouling a lot, you're not necessarily playing great defense. And so um, I thought it, there was a lack of. Uh, like, a little bit of a lack of effort, not to the extent that there was in the Oklahoma game, but still, like, Alabama got out-rebounded, especially in the offensive glass. And just overall, the energy kind of felt a little more down than we'd seen, like, in the Vanderbilt game or in games before Oklahoma. I think, and Matthew can attest to this, that a lot of that, not a lot of it, but some of it has to do with the crowd and how there was no energy in the entire game building yeah
0: early minutes of the game now it got a little bit better as time went on but early minutes and even 30 minutes prior to tip off there was nobody in that arena there it was, it, it was a ghost town
2: official capacity according to this espn page was 73 percent. no way that it was 73 percent full
0: no, no that's shot.
2: A, that says 9 9600 no. no shot
0: we talked about this like sometimes it was like 50 percent sometimes no energy is worse than negative energy. Because when there's yes. negative energy, there's still energy to be had.
2: Right. Cause like this Saturday, when they walk mm. into a sold out Neville mm. arena in Auburn, like even though that's a challenging environment, like they're gonna be amped up to play in a building that that, that's that like on fire. Now, whenever you walk into like a dead road arena, like you have to bring the energy yourself and that's really hard because there is nothing for you to feed off of. And so I don't necessarily blame them for maybe being a little uh I don't know if you want to call it sluggish but really just like not playing to their standard and also you're not gonna play to the standard of beating like you beat them by 40 last time like you're not gonna do that again like this is just unrealistic um but what they did do was they even when the shots stopped falling for that like (coughs) seven minute scoring drought at the end of the game they sat down and they guarded yeah. and only gave up what was it six points the rest of the game I think so. over that stretch um and they guarded so well down the stretch and got the stops when they needed to that even though the game was getting closer, I never felt that like the the outcome was ever in jeopardy. Mm-hmm. did you feel the same way
1: yeah, no, definitely like I like, buckets weren't going in, but it just, like, the game was well in hand. Mm-hmm. I, it, LSU was not scoring, uh, playing good defense to keep them from getting there, playing disciplined defense and not fouling a lot uh, down the lane. Like, regardless of however you feel about, like, how the game was officiated, like, one way or another, like, yeah, we fouled a lot. Like, we just did. Like, at mm-hmm. a certain point, you you go past the, oh, this is on the refs. Uh But, yeah, I mean, to keep only, like, six points for seven and a half minutes and only score four points in that time period, that's pretty ideal. Uh, And uh, we can circle back to this or maybe transition through this. Uh, You know, we've talked a lot about, like, Ryland's clutch shooting, like his ability to make a shot whenever you need to quiet down another team's run or to start a run. Uh, I made sure to take notice of this. Coming out of half, we're up seven. Then LSU quickly got it to five extended it out again uh, to five and six and then lsu got it to three off of, like a little bit of a run and then rylan hits a three immediately boom, puts the lead back out to six and didn't he do it later when they cut it to two as well i think so he so he did it at the 1741 mark uh then let's see yep they cut it to 56 54 and he cut it to or he made it fifty nine fifty
2: four. So. he just like he has no pulls he just knows how to hit them at the right moments. And it's like he gets an inch of space. I think we yeah. said this exact thing like a couple yeah. of days ago when we yeah. recorded. But, like, he gets an inch of space and the shot goes up. Yeah. And, like, he falls. Like, we were, like, singing his praises, like, two, three days ago whenever we were recording. And then he comes out and goes four of five. Like, 80% from three. That's just ridiculous. And Namari is starting to do the same thing, too. Yeah. Is when he gets an inch of space, he's pulling. Yeah. He hit the one. Um, I think he... He caught a a pass. I think Sears was on the right wing. He got a pass at the top of the key after getting a down screen, Um, and then Charles set a screen for him. He took one dribble reset to his left at the top of the key and pulled it and just drained it nylon like easy. And if he's like if he's pulling shots like that, like once, good luck. Like yeah, good luck, especially when Miller's having a good game and like everyone's like. That's what Alabama did to Vanderbilt is just everyone was hitting. Yeah. But then with the, the defense stepped up when they needed to, um, got the stops when they needed to. LSU didn't shoot particularly well, just 30% from the field. Alabama only had nine turnovers, which I kind of thought they had more.
1: Uh, it felt like there was
2: more. It felt like least. they had more. Yeah. Um, but like I was saying earlier, like the outcome never felt like it was – in Jeopardy, which I think is the mark of a like a really great team is you can go on the road, not play your best, and still win by double digits and never feel threatened really. Like I don't know how y'all felt, but I don't think like I never felt like Alabama was gonna like even in jeopardy of losing the game. No.
1: No. no. Which is just really nice to have against an L S U team that's <clears throat> not great, a loss there would have really like hampered uh, at least <laughs> mindsets and mentality going into this big stretch of three games we have Yeah. up. So to be able to just kind of like not play your best ball and roll through Baton Rouge, which has been difficult in years past, uh, it's really, really nice to do.
2: And Oates said, I think Oates tried to pump LSU up a little bit after the game, and he was like, they're going to beat some teams.
1: They're not. I don't know about
2: all that, Nate. Like,
1: like, okay, next, their final eight.
2: They might, they'll beat Vanderbilt at home.
1: Uh, They'll beat South Carolina at home, for sure.
2: They'll beat South Carolina at home. I'm going to go out on a limb and say they'll beat Vanderbilt at home. And they could beat Ole Miss on the road. That's like the easiest three-game stretch of all time. And before that, they're in Athens. That's a really easy four-game stretch. Yeah,
1: like they don't exactly have the most difficult They could win two more
2: games, three more games.
1: Nate's just trying to be good buddies with... Coach McMahon. I, I like Coach kind of, McMahon. I'm all for it. McMahon's I, great. I like Coach McMahon. I have nothing against
2: him yet. So
0: Yeah, yeah and I think the analytics would align with what we were saying, too. Minimum win probability, probability wow, for Alabama was 85.6, and that was Ugh. the first half. Really yeah. Like, that was at the six-minute mark in yeah. the first half. Yeah, The lowest it dipped after halftime was 87.
2: Yeah. Okay, yeah.
1: Yeah, we were we were just well well in hand.
2: There's just not that much to say. Think like, about that game. Yeah, I mean, it's like Alabama went in. They took care of business. They didn't play the best. Yeah. Still got a double-digit win. And they're have a team under seventy. They're ten and zero in conference play for the second time in three years, which is just mind blowing. That's wild when you think about it. Because before that, I tweeted this out, but Alabama hadn't been ten and zero in conference play since 1956. When they went fourteen and zero over the entire conference season, Alabama's um, Alabama's school record for most consecutive SEC games won is seventeen, which they won over that course of it was like the last game of the nineteen fifty five season, the last SEC game, and then they went fourteen and zero in fifty six, and then they won their first two in fifty seven. That was a seventeen game stretch. Um, If they win their next three, they could be on pace to break that. But, obviously, they have some important games coming up. Probably Alabama's toughest three games stretch of the season. Yeah. If, like, let me look at... Uh, I would, yeah. I would <laughs> well, Houston, Houston, Memphis, Gonzaga. Probably toughest, toughest since then, for sure. Yeah. Or the Michigan State UConn, the PKI. Yeah, I... Toughest SEC stretch for sure.
1: Easily, easily. I mean, right, these we've we've technically circled four games earlier. Like because we thought at LSU was going to be tough. I, I thought they would
2: be
0: decent in their just not, like I didn't think per, they'd be I one and nine
2: Yeah, but Florida, the Gators, are coming to Tuscaloosa on Wednesday night, um, 8 p.m. tip on ESPN two. Alabama, according to ESPN's matchup predictor, has an 87% chance to win the game. What does Ken Palm have it as? 84. 84%? 84 favored by 11. Okay. Um, Florida is 13-10. and 10. They are 6th uh, in the SEC at 6-4. and four. They actually sit alone at 6th place. Uh, no one else is 6-4 and four in the league. Um, they've played a pretty brutal schedule, honestly. Um, non-conference, they lost a couple games. They have a two-point loss to FAU, who was ranked for most of the season. Um, they lost to Xavier, who's a top 15 team. They lost to West Virginia by 30. I was going to say
1: that was a bad loss. Not so a have, great loss. one bad loss. I don't schedule, think West Virginia's a bad team, though. No, 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 no. I mean, you've clearly seen their ability to get hot and make shots. Like that, Yeah. If they can get a resume worthy of getting into the tournament, like win a few Big 12 games, mm-hmm. like they – they could be a not real fun, like, 10 seed or something like that. They you lost
2: that to I... UConn at home by 20 on their home floor. And then they lost to Oklahoma in, was this a neutral site? Yeah, yeah it was.
1: was I, I don't know exactly uh, where it was played. Let's see.
2: It was at the Spectrum Center in Charlotte.
1: Oh, okay. That's cool. it was a,
2: oh, it was a Jordan Classic because
1: they're both Jordan schools. <clears throat> That's right. That's pretty cool. That is a fun matchup. Um, and they
2: lost that one and... Alabama fans know what Oklahoma can do.
1: Yes. And true. so,
2: um and then SEC play, they have a two point loss to Auburn, a three point loss to AM, a two point loss to AM, and oh, another non conference game. They had to play Kansas State on the road in the SEC Big Twelve Challenge. Lost that one. So wow, they've played a lot of tough teams.
1: They they have a really strong like they have a pretty strong strength of schedule and like Wow. Besides, they haven't lost to a bad team. The West Virginia loss. Yeah, because FAU is not bad. No, it looked is... bad at the
2: start, but they're a good team.
1: Yeah, so I mean, that's. Shouts to Todd Golden. Like he's had a rough schedule and they've handled it well. What's their
2: best win? Missouri. Missouri.
1: Missouri. Yeah.
2: At home. Uh, that's no, a decent.
1: no. No Tennessee.
2: Oh, they beat Tennessee. By uh, thirteen. That's right. Yeah. They did. Yeah, they, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <Know>
1: <laughs> they,
2: they did. I was going to get to that, but I forgot it even happened. They went, or uh, Tennessee came to uh, Gainesville last week. The o The o Did we talk about this already?
1: Yes. We, we, Had this we, already we, happened? Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. Yeah, so we briefly touched on it. Tennessee's offense
1: sucks. It, it's bad. really bad.
2: It's really bad. And we saw that again on Saturday. Oh boy did we. In their game against they Auburn. They don't have a superstar. They don't have a bucket they getter. They don't have a bucket getter. It's almost like we predicted this.
1: Yeah. It, it's this is like at this point that is a, it's a design not a bug with Rick Barnes. Like No, like Rick, like get some offense. If if they had somebody that could just light it up, they would be untouchable. They had like, Kennedy Chandler last year and they
2: won the SEC tournament. Yeah. Like
1: it's like this. He's a bucket. They yeah. don't have that. And this year's defense it's technically like the best in the Kenpom era.
2: I think that's like here's my take. I think that's greatly benefited by a lot of bad offenses in the league this year They've in still the SEC. Shut them down. They have shut them down, which is good, but I don't know. I I don't think they're the best defense know, in it, since 3 or whatever years, it was. Right. Yeah, I don't buy that. They're a good defense though. Yeah. I want to I'm very excited to see them against Alabama here in a week and a half. It's going to be it's going to be fun. That's going to be really fun. But we're here to talk about Florida, not Tennessee. Yeah. Um, Florida, 13-10, and 6-4 in the league. They're, Jacob, I see you have the page open. Give me a
1: rundown of their Ken Palm numbers real yeah. quick. So they're pretty terrible at offense. They're 134th. <laughs> uh, 134th? Yeah, they are th- like 254th in three-point shooting. It's not great. Uh, 313th at offensive rebounding. They don't really do a lot well on the offensive side of the ball, uh, which a lot of that is due to roster construction, just based on what Todd Golden inherited. Uh, he'll like look to have a very similar roster construction and play style to what we've seen uh, from Coach Oates here in Tuscaloosa, and they'll do that down in Gainesville. But on the other side of that, they do play really good defense. They've got the 10th best defense in the country. Uh, that's good for third in the uh, SEC, I believe, uh, really strong team. I mean, like, they've they've got the capability to grind out wins, and they, like, have done that so far. I mean, up until Saturday's game against Kentucky, they were, like, nine – or they were seven points away from being 9-0 and in the SEC with a pretty, like, strong schedule to start. So they're a very solid team. Uh, I, I think we're going to see pretty similar play styles between Alabama and Florida, and because of that, like I, I just think we're gonna have a strong edge. They don't play quite as fast as us, but n- quite literally, no one does. <laughs> uh, so there's that.
2: They're 87th in tempo.
1: Yeah. Yeah. On first on tempo. Oh yeah, right they've,
2: been they've been first for, for like a, a we,
1: month. Yeah, we we like went back and forth for a few games, and then after some of the blowouts, we just have become number one in tempo. Gotcha. Yeah.
2: Florida's 39th in Ken Palm, which is like right on that bubble, like margin line. Yeah. Because um, usually hovering around that, that f- like, high 30s, low 40s is where all your bubble teams are. Because you yeah. have the 32 auto bids, but then you have the the auto bids from the, the good conferences that are already, like, solid in the field. Um, Ken Palm has their projected record at 18 and 13. Um, they have them with a loss to Arkansas and a loss to Alabama. They have them winning the rest of their games. Ken Palm does. Okay. They have a very easy Besides remaining about, schedule. Yeah.
1: Besides the Arkansas game at Bud Walton.
2: Yeah, except for Arkansas and Bud Walton and Alabama. So the rest of their games would be uh, Vandy twice, Ole Miss, Georgia, LSU, and then they get Kentucky in the Odo which is actually going to be an electric game. That's going to be really fun. Um but they they have a very favorable back half of their schedule to make a run at the NCAA tournament. They're going to need to win a couple games in Nashville. Yeah. Probably. And they've like they've got to beat Kentucky. They have to beat Kentucky. That's going to be
1: that would get them their third quad one win. Ooh. Cuz they which, have
2: the Tennessee win is the Missouri win quad
1: one? Uh possibly so. Um I just have, no. to have their schedule. No way! Surely not.
0: It would be Florida making the tournament with this roster would be a fantastic start to oh. the team. Oh, it would the be Eris. great. I mean, that that'll set the tone for the future of that program.
1: And also, like something that's holding them back from like truly reaching the play style that Golden wants to get—that we saw in San Francisco—is like with Castleton, like the way that he plays, like you just like he requires so much volume and throws off your like rim and three rate. And because of that, like, that's even more impressive of what Todd Golden's been able to do there. And, yeah, like, and having Keontae Johnson transfer out. Like, I know he wasn't playing there due to medical reasons, but still to lose that.
0: Yeah, I mean, and then you look at Florida and their commitment to NIL. Florida's NIL collective is very strong and very much willing to shell out a lot of money for top talent. So yeah. that could be a really strong program here in the next couple of years. I mean, Golden's a Bruce Pearl disciple, so I, that's... Florida's gonna be a really good program at some point. Yeah,
2: but in regards to the actual game, what are what are we expecting? Castleton's really good. Prob, is he a first-team All-SEC
0: guy? Maybe. Well, I mean, considering Ken Palm Play of the Year standing has him like tenth right now. Really? I mean, yeah. Wow. Pretty. St- Let me double check that. So he kind
1: of like. I feel like he backdoored in there.
2: He's averaging 15 and a half points, yeah, nearly he's eight, eight rebounds. <clears throat> he leads their team in points, rebounds, steals, blocks, and field goal percentage. He's good. He's really good. He's
0: good.
2: Um, Betiaco gonna have his hands full, and then it's like it's weird because Betiaco put Oscar Shiboy in the torture chamber, but. Tanner Groves put on uh, Charles Bediaco in the torture chamber, so it's like, which one are we gonna get? Is this the kind of big that Bediaco is gonna struggle with? What do you remember about uh, Bediaco and Castleton last year in their matchup in
1: Gainesville? Because
2: uh, I don't remember much.
1: Castleton had 19. Ooh. Okay. Uh, okay. Offensive rating of 115. <clears throat> so. Not, so he had his way. He had he had his way. Yeah. Okay. Chuck was also a lot slimmer at that point. He was. He was,
2: was he was not as strong. Charles.
0: Yeah, that was also... A Early in the second. year? It was January? Yeah, so that was very young Charles Bediaco versus Con Castleton, who's
2: been around. Castleton, I think, is going to get his. Alabama just needs to limit guys like Will Richard and Kyle Lofton,
0: Kwayce yeah. Reeves. They're starting five. The last five games, they've been running... Lofton at point, Myron Jones at shooting guard, Will Richard, small forward. Alabama legend, Myron Jones. Alabama legend, Birmingham native.
2: Alabama legend, Alex Fudge. Yeah. Multiple Alabama legends on this team. Myron Jones only averages five points a game, and I thought he averaged a lot more because I feel like he plays a lot. He does play a lot. Which is
0: interesting. He, uh he had a really bad ending to the... Versus, he um, did gosh what game was Kentucky that? Kentucky yes really ugly really possession awful. really bad shot did a good shot too beforehand he did, he did that What? Well, he was in the corner mm-hmm. and
2: he like got they tried to do like like a dribble handoff and I think he got trapped out of it because his teammate tried to like screen and then they and then Kentucky just jumped on it and trapped him and he like shot faked to like took one dribble and then shot it
0: mm-hmm. was he trying to draw a foul like I don't know Speaking of drawing fouls, Wendell Green. Um, never mind. <laughs> that also <laughs> happened. It was an unsuccessful
2: attempt. Look, if you're asking the I'm gonna give the official blue collar unplugged stance, the ref didn't call a foul. Yeah, it, that's all I can say.
0: Now it's everything it else. It wasn't is, a foul because it wasn't called a foul. That's what I said. It, if it, the it, president <laughs> does it, it can't be illegal. <laughs>
2: If uh, if it was a foul, I mean, it, it wasn't a foul because it wasn't called.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: That's we the official to, stance. We have to
1: trust our, trust our officials.
2: I don't trust Pat Adams. Officials don't <laughs> make mistakes. <the> <laughs> <laughs> Pat uh, Adams okay, wasn't. It. Who I,
0: Who's calling Actually, that
1: hold on. Let me get uh, you the ref rankings of those who were there Saturday. Does Ken Pong have <laughs> ref rankings? <laughs> of, of course he of course does. Of course he does. Um, That's amazing. God bless Three top 50 officials Saturday. Don Daly, no, notably number 11. Don so, Daly was at the Auburn game? Yep. He was calling Auburn, Tennessee. Was sh- where was Shouse on Saturday? Uh I don't know. I hope Shows.
2: I, I hope Shouse is in Neville.
0: The Shows. I'm
2: gonna get like if he wasn't. I'm gonna get flamed for that take. I think Doug Shouse is good. That's my take.
1: You
0: think he decent. might be alone
2: then. I don't think he's bad.
0: Shouse is seventeenth. He was at Seton Hall and DePaul. Pat
2: Adams Sunday. is way
0: worse than Shouse. Oh yeah. Like Pat if, Adams wants to make every game about himself.
2: If Pat Adams is in Neville, At it's boy like does over. He
0: do it.
2: If Pat Adams is in Neville, it's over.
0: Yeah. yeah.
2: Let's talk about that game. There's like I don't I don't know what to well before we move on. Florida, you want to give like score predictions. Yeah. I think Alabama's better. I don't think Florida can really score enough. And it's in Coleman. I'm gonna go Bama by like hmm. Eleven.
0: 11. Seventy-eight to sixty-seven. I'm gonna go seventy-nine to sixty-five.
2: What's that? Fourteen. Mm-hmm. I like it. Yeah.
0: Jake?
1: I think like seventy-nine and sixty-one. Like I, I just don't think Ooh. their offense is gonna do that much. Eighteen. Wow. Um, I, if, I mean probably not. Honestly, like, like, like if you're looking at strength on strength of like our offense is. Very good. I don't think their guards
2: are going to be able to get going, Mm -hmm. and like like Castleton's going. Castleton might have twenty. No, that's fine. And if he does, that's fine because I don't think the guards are really going to get going for them. Mm -hmm. So after that game, Auburn. Auburn. The eyebob.
1: First, first eyebob.
2: First eyebob. It's February eleventh, and we have
1: not had an eyebob
2: at this time last year. We'd had we'd had two.
1: That was, criminal. Also criminal.
2: that was also criminal.
1: The, the perfect balance is January 9th and then the last game of March. A
2: January eye
1: bob and a March eye bob? Yeah. They should do it like late January and March. I think that would be ideal.
2: Not February 11th. We were way too deep into the season. These we teams who have far. not played each other. Um, ESPN Matchup Predictor, which nobody trusts, has uh, 62% for Alabama. What do, What do we have over there?
0: 58.
2: 58? For Ken Palm, yeah. um, Auburn is 16 and 7. They're 7 and 3 in the SEC. They have lost three of four at the time of recording this, yeah. and they have a game tomorrow night or tonight, I guess, mm-hmm. when this is going up, against uh, Texas A&M on the road. When they played the first time, final A&M Texas won A&S. by 16
1: in the jungle. The jungle left early. Actually, they were not even there to see the final whistle. I, I do think it's important that that's noted.
2: Jacob made sure that that was noted. Yes. And um, that would that broke Auburn's home winning streak, so they have now started a new home winning streak. They actually haven't started it yet. They have one. They have a streak of one. They're trying to make it two on Saturday. College game day is going to be there. It's a big deal. Um, I think that this has turned into a top five, maybe top three rivalry in college basketball, with where it stands right now, with where both respective Like, with where both coaches have gotten their respective programs compared to where they were, uh, like, seven, eight years ago, Um, with where both programs are at from a national perspective when it comes to recruiting, when it comes to prominence, um, and just from the the fan base, like, the back and forth on, on Twitter, Instagram, like, your social media platforms, everything. It's just a really fun rivalry, especially for, like... Like, for the people involved, but even for people outside uh, watching. Like, you saw how heated, like, it got
0: last year. Like, it got chippy in uh, the jungle last year. Nobody on either side likes each other, with the exception of Nate Oates and Bruce Burrow, who are... (laughs) It's (laughs) so (laughs) true. (laughs) So 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 much to say there. Like, that just... It's so
2: funny. Like, (laughs) Nate and Bruce are, like, buds. They'll go on, like, recruiting trips together and, Mm -hmm. like, sit by each other at the games. But then, like... You got Javon Quinterly and Jani Broome going about it on Twitter. And you've got like, you had Jabari Smith and Katie Johnson like doing some like tag team stuff on Instagram over the summer. I don't know if y'all remember that. Mm-hmm. Um, just like talking about Alabama. Um, have any other Alabama players been really like online about it besides Quinterly?
0: Um, hmm. No. Not, in the no. past there's been, not but not this year. Not yeah.
1: this year.
2: What, what past ones can you think of? I don't even know. I
0: feel
1: like J.D. had to tweet something out. like am sure that just makes Probably in sense. all caps. Yeah. It, yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but you know there's good, like, it's going to be chippy. They're going to be excited to play in this game. From a matchup perspective, I think Alabama's better. I think Auburn's offense is Terrible. Not that – okay, <laughs> I was going to say not that good. It's, it's you want to say terrible. They scored 43 the other day. Yeah. Um, they can't really shoot. Jani Broom's really freaking good. Yeah. He's a problem. Uh, he averages nine boards a game and how many points? They're like A lot. Like 13? Like 13. 13. Yeah.
1: yeah.
2: Wendell Green is their leading scorer at 13.5.
1: Wendell Green's good. He Wendell takes some ill-advised shots, but he's a really good point guard. And so... I, I think from the logo and from the three-point line, I think he has a near equal percent chance of making them, for whatever that is worth. I think you're right. Like I, positive or negative? Yeah. He is he never out of a
0: shot. Certainly was the case last year. Yeah,
2: Auburn doesn't shoot the ball well. Um, Katie Johnson has, like, kind of disappeared this Avery season. Avery Johnson Jr.? Katie Johnson?
1: No. <laughs> T- 2017
2: baby. Um The... He he went from averaging doubled figures last year to now he averages eight a game. He's kind of fallen out of the main not the main rotation, but like he's not on the floor all the time. Mm-hmm. There were some Auburn fans very unhappy with Bruce that uh he was on the floor late in game, late in the game against Tennessee. Yeah. Um Jalen Williams can get hot from three. He can. Um, but he doesn't do it super often. Same with Alan Flanagan, he can kind of shoot it. Um, But if you're going off raw three-point percentages, Chris Moore shoots 42% from three on not a lot of attempts. Lior Berman shoots 38%, their walk-on that Bruce likes to play a lot. Uh, Then Jalen Williams, 34%. Alan Flanagan, 32%. Zepp Jasper, Wendell Green, Trey Donaldson, Katie Johnson, all of their guards are under 30%. Is that
1: good?
2: It's not good. Um so I don't I don't I just don't think like obviously the jungle's different and it it's really challenging to play there. But I just don't think Auburn's gonna unless they just
1: start hitting shots, I don't think they have
2: the offense to keep up with Alabama in this game.
1: That's literally the only chances like they get hot from fluky shooters. Like And Alabama has
2: to miss a lot of shots too. Yes. We talked about the formula. Yeah. For beating
1: Alabama. Yeah. They have the big for it. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. They have the undersized big. They have the shooting, too. When they want
0: to. When they want to. Yes. They so want to. do they
2: have the shooting? Against if them. they're good shooters, why don't they shoot good?
0: <laughs> if the history of the Iron Bowl <laughs> of basketball is any indication, they probably No, you're probably right. right. They're hitting like but 70% hit like, of their
1: threes yeah. in this game.
0: Oh. As a
1: team on the season, they are 28.8%. That is Dude, good 28% as for... a team? It's good for 353rd. Now there is one SEC school below them. Can you guess who it South was? Carolina? No. Arkansas. Nope. Auburn actually majorly benefited from their shooting performance against Mississippi State. It is Mississippi State. They went what 0 of 14 against them? Oh, 0 of 16. Them? Wow. In a 6-point game. And Auburn has like the best
2: I'm quoting here, 3-point defense in or didn't they for a
1: while? They they did for a while. Them and Tennessee had some major regression.
2: So, because we were talking about this earlier, like opponent three point percentage, if right. it starts really well, you're like due for some negative regression. Right.
1: Uh, there's two teams above Auburn in three point defense Tennessee and Alabama. <laughs> <laughs> really? Yeah. Oh, wow. So, if you're wondering what happens when you get two lower th- offense three point shooting teams and the two best, two of the three best defense, three-point teams. You get Saturday, 46-43 Yeah I'm in Tennessee. That
2: yeah. was bad. That was like a combined three three-point makes or something like that.
1: Yeah, Maybe, I think, four at the end because it was two for a while, then Vescovi hit the and one for a four-point play, and Wendell hit the one to cut it to three, which he notably did not make the last three.
2: Auburn hasn't shot at Super Bowl well recently either. Um, now, some of those have been on the road. In the last couple home games, they were 36% from three against Georgia. And then – they're home against Texas A&M. They were at home. Ooh, they shot eighteen percent from three against Texas A&M the first time. Shot thirty-two percent
1: at West Virginia, which is pretty good.
2: And then against Mississippi State, they were forty-four percent in a game they only won by six when Mississippi State had no yeah. threes. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's kind of telling. Yeah. The, the, just the thing is, like, they just can't score. They can't really score. Mm-hmm. And outside of Wendell Green. They don't really have good guard play. And Alabama has a lot of really good guards. On both sides of the ball. On both sides of the ball. And so that's going to give them trouble. Who do you think Alabama puts on green to start? Sears? or Is Burnett in the starting lineup by then?
0: Yeah. Hmm. Well, Oates did talk about he's got to figure out, quote-unquote, a lineup that would play hard and work better than what he threw out there in the last couple of minutes of the LSU game. So what um, he means
2: is he's going to bench Jaden Bradley and start Namari Burnett again. Yeah, maybe. It's so. what, what he should mean.
0: If I think you can switch around Sears and Burnett, they'd both do a fine job. With yeah. Green, I feel like. I mean, Sears is a very, I wouldn't say like similar player to, um, Window Green, but similar sized, similar size, and they're both like dogs. Yeah, Sears gives a little more effort on the defensive end, which yeah right at the Sears, and I think Sears would match up well. But if you wanted to throw Namari Burnett... It's cool, long. Yeah. If you want to throw Namari on Wendell, if Wendell starts hitting shots... I almost think you're hard.
2: wasting Namari on Zeb Jasper. You, you are. are. There's, like you n- are, there's no You Zeb Jasper is point. not
0: a threat. He's not right. an offensive threat. Hmm. And so... Defensively, he might be, but offensively...
2: Right, no, and so you can put Sears on, on Jasper and be fine. So then the matchups go... You're going to Miller on Flanagan... <laughs> you are gonna have Clowney, Clowney on Williams. Williams. That's a fun matchup actually. And then Broom on Bettyako.
1: Yeah,
2: That'll be interesting.
1: I think outright advantage give to Alabama on three of five. And then outright advantage give like at the five, give probably Broom, advantage. And then yeah. the
2: Clowney Williams is a toss up. Yeah. I think that's a really good that'll be a fun matchup. But when it comes to what we think the ultimate result will be in this game. I know it's like hard to give predictions because they also still have a game to play before. I think Alabama wins. I don't really want to give a score, so I'm not going to. But if y'all want to, you can.
0: I will just say I think Bama wins by less than five. That's going to be a tight win. Ooh, that's fun. Jacob? I I think it's... It was in Tuscaloosa. I think it, I'll go on the record
2: I, and say right now I think Alabama's going to win by double digits in Tuscaloosa. I do too.
0: Like, I think they will win by like I th- fifteen. I think they should expect like, to lose yeah. by thirty. Oh. <laughs> Auburn should expect to lose by thirty in Tuscaloosa. <laughs> Javon Quinley will have all thirty of the points I, that were the difference. Correct.
1: I, I hope like Saturday nothing truly would make me happier than Javon Quinley having thirty. Like, I hope I have, you know
2: he's either going to have thirty or, or he's, he's going to have zero. thirty turnovers. Yeah, like yeah. it's going to be one or the other. Yeah.
0: My thing is, do you think Auburn fans will find a way to grill on him if he has like a decent game of like twelve and like yes. five assists? Yes. So if they really win, roll. yes. So, no, no. If Bema wins, Auburn fans will find a way.
2: I, I, I mean, they'll the try, try but you. then he'll just like reply with the final score, and, and I, and I, <laughs> I, I want to
1: see that uh, scoreboard.
2: He'll just scoreboard them to death.
1: I. Which he should. When, I think we went by like eight to ten. Like I, I don't think. And it's not the eight to ten of like. We hit two threes at the end and extended it. Like I, I think it kind of just stays at a subtle like two to three. I think
2: Alabama is up by like seven at half. Yeah, and I think like I think it's close for like most of the first half, and then Alabama goes on a little spurt in the last four minutes, and they're up by like seven at half. They push it to like ten, and then the entire second half, it's just like between twelve and eight, like back and forth. And then free throws, Alabama wins by like nine. Yeah, I, I, I could definitely see that. Something I, like that. I, I
0: think, was going to go yeah. sort of the opposite way. And I was going to say, I think Auburn has a lead at the half. You think? Because I think they'll. I think jungle? Auburn, the jungle? Because of the jungle. The just, jungle? Because, I mean, Bama's been in really tough environments before. I think they hit shots. Nothing compares to the jungle at the moment. It's a really great environment. Auburn does a great job down there. But I. I think second half, that's usually when you see someone like Brandon Miller step up because Brandon Miller is a second half player. Always. He is. Yeah. And I think fama just takes control of the game at that point and hits free throws down the stretch, beats off Yeah, I,
1: I, I could see it. I think we get one or two of the Rylan Griffin like quiet down the run. Like, just shut up. Oh, table. he could. Yeah, that's, that's pretty likely, honestly. Like, I, I think Saturday, like, basketball team to basketball team, ours is better, and we've shown that. Uh but with the jungle and the voodoo that goes into this rivalry, I think the biggest thing will be like finding the ability to like make the one play to keep from those like back to back buckets from becoming like an eight oh run for them. Uh, like avoid the, the Alan Flanagan cockback left handed Tomahawk dump <laughs> and avoid a window green three on a run as much as you yeah. can. Like which, I mean obviously that's like you can't exactly game plan for that but do your best to avoid those and I think if you can keep the momentum like even to like going Alabama's way like I keep the jungle out the of energy blaze.
2: yeah exactly exactly I would agree um I think we've been going for like 45 minutes nearly. We just kind of we, going we were going to talk about bracketology, but like it's late and I'm kind of tired. Yeah. And we gave them more of an Auburn preview than we thought originally. Yeah. So we'll do bracketology next week because yeah. we'll be coming off of Auburn. We can talk about that and we'll talk about Tennessee. Yeah. Sounds good. It sounds good. It's All good. right. Uh. Yeah. That'll do it. Thank you, uh, everyone, for listening. Um. We'll. Catch you guys next time.
1: But I'm not done yet.
0: And the winner of our first ever Alumni Hall giveaway is Twitter user LeeTown8. If you made it this far, congrats, Lee. DM us after this episode.